Welcome and thank you for joining me on the Arantia Radio podcast. This time up, we're going to talk about Adam and Eve. But before I do, I have a homework assignment for you. I want you to look up Adam and Eve in Wikipedia. And what you will see is just how much influence these two people have had in human history. It's amazing. I looked it up once and I was amazed at how many cultures have the story of Adam and Eve and all of the cultural influences they have spawned. Every culture has a story of them. Even today, interestingly, there is an adult online store that sells adult toys and the name of the the store is called Adam and Eve. The reason I know this is because my wife's best friend worked for the CEO of that company, who's also a, a publisher, has other businesses. And it's interesting because I found out that he uses the money he makes from the profits to buy condoms to help prevent the spread of AIDS in Africa. So he's using the symbol Adam and Eve to sell adult toys to adults presumably couples, and he uses the money because he's a wealthy man and he uses the money to prevent AIDS from spreading in, in Africa. Interesting, isn't it? In a moment, I'm going to bring you the whole story of what really happened 39,000 years ago regarding Adam and Eve. You may already know the story if you're familiar with the Arantia book, and you may also know the story because you're raised in a Judeo-Christian household and the story's been told. We all know about the apple. We all know about the serpent. We all know about, well, there's a lot to this story. It's an incredible story. It's probably one of the most incredible stories in human history. And it's a story that hasn't ceased to continue. Now, where we come in and what I'm going to bring you is the story of what a material son or what an Adam and Eve are and how they relate to us as well as how they relate to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of correlation between the material sons, the Adams and Eves, and our Christ, the Son of God. Then there's the story of what these Adams do in the universe. And there's a lot of them. And then there's the third part of the story, our story, the history of the two people who came to our world, a dark world, and what happened that changed our course in history. There's another part of the story, too, and it's the part where we can actually thank them for possibly saving millions of lives, and I'll explain that to you in a little while. So let's begin our story, and in order to do that, we need to go backwards. What is a material son? From the Urantia book, paper 37, paragraph 9, section 9. This is our first introduction in the Urantia book, to the concept of a material son. The material sons of God want a creative liaison between the creator son and the universe representative of the infinite spirit, that's the daughter of the infinite spirit, the universe mother spirit. When they have completed their cycle and they've produced the creative liaison offspring, everybody from Melchizedek's to the higher sons, to archangels, the whole economy of the family of the Son of God and the Son of Man, the Creator Son. And no more offspring of the combined natures are forthcoming. They've exhausted their offspring potential 
in the spiritual realm. Then does the Creator Son personalize in dual form his last concept of being, thus finally confirming his own and original dual origin. In and of himself, he then creates the beautiful and superb sons and daughters of the material order of universe sonship. This is the origin of the original Adam and Eve of each local system and the creation of Nebadon, which is our local universe. So there's an original Adam and Eve that are produced by the Creator's son, Michael, or Jesus, as we know him. What makes them distinctive is they are a reproducing order of sonship being created male and female. Their progeny function, that's their offspring, function as the relatively permanent citizens, in our case, Jerusalem. And it reads, though some are commissioned as planetary atoms. So these material sons created by the, the creator of the material sons, and then some of them, as they serve on Jerusalem, are actually commissioned. They get a job. They get assigned a planet, and they go as planetary atoms. Paper 37, paragraph 9, section 10. On a planetary mission, the material sons and daughters are commissioned to found the Adamic race of that world, a race designed eventually to amalgamate with the mortal inhabitants of that sphere. And so now we are introduced to this permanent citizen, Adam and Eve, when they're supposed to, some of these are commissioned to introduce a new race. And this explains the age-old mystery of how it is that Cain could find himself a wife, which we'll get to in just a moment. But you remember from Genesis, quote, And Cain went out from the Lord's presence and dwelled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. Then he became the builder of a city, and he called the name of the city like his son's name, Enoch. That's from the Bible. And that's the Bible giving us what happened after Cain killed his brother Abel and was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. That's the oldest story in Judeo-Christian history. So we're going to get back to that in just a moment. Where do these material Adams and Eves come in? So let's talk about the celestial life. I'm going to read to you from paper 45 here, three paragraphs. And what I like about these paragraphs is that they really kind of give you a, a summary view of what's in store for us. And I want you to pay attention because it's, it's very interesting how they describe celestial life. And this gives you a glimpse of what you can expect in the divine kingdom, you know, the heavens. It's from paper 45, paragraph 5, section 1. The great divisions of celestial life have their headquarters and immense preserves on Jerusalem, including the various orders of divine sons, high spirits, super angels, like archangels, angels, and midway creatures. We'll get to the midwayers in just a moment. The central abode of this wonderful sector is the chief temple of the material sons. The domain of the atoms is the center of attraction to all new arrivals on Jerusalem. It is an enormous area consisting of 1,000 centers, although each family of material sons and daughters 
lives on an estate of its own, up to the time of their departure of its members for service on the evolutionary worlds of space, or until their embarkation upon the Paradise Ascension career. Paper 45, Paragraph 5, Section 3. These material sons are the highest type of sex-reproducing beings to be found on the training spheres of the evolving universes. And they are really material. Even the planetary Adams and Eves are plainly visible to the mortal races of the inhabited worlds. These material sons are the last and physical link in the chain of personalities extending from divinity and perfection above down to humanity and material existence below. These suns provide the inhabited worlds with a mutually contactable intermediary between the invisible planetary princes, which we'll explain in a moment, and the material creatures of the realm. So these Adams and these Eves come to our material worlds and they become leaders to us and they are biological uplifters. And it seems, by the way, that we can expect that we're going to have a lot of social contact with them in the ages to come. Continuing on, the material sons and daughters together with their children present an engaging spectacle which never fails to arouse the curiosity and intrigue and the attention of all ascending mortals. They are so similar to your own material sex races that you both find them much of common interest, so that both find much common interest to engage your thoughts and occupy your seasons of fraternal contact. Mortal survivors spend much of their leisure on the system capital observing and studying the life, habits, and conduct of these superior semi-physical sex creatures. For these citizens of Jerusalem are the immediate sponsors and mentors of the mortal survivors from the time they attain citizenship on the headquarters world and they t until they take leave for adentia. How much more can be said about their lives, how they prepare for their missions, and what they're like as sympathetic mentors? But the story of our Adam and Eve begins 40,000 years ago. In brief, a garden was prepared by the Nodites from the land of Nod, as I mentioned earlier in that excerpt from Genesis. Now, there was a personality named Van who was a Nodite. And by the way, Lake Van in Turkey is named after him. And he was of a superior race that extends, they were in the Caligastia, the prince's staff, the 100, which is referred to, by the way, in the Bible as those mighty men old, those gods, those giants in those days. There are references in Judeo-Christian history to the Nodites. That's why when Cain went to the land of Nod, he was going to a, a civilized pocket of, of people, not the savages that existed in the world at that time. And all of this took place. The garden was being prepared for Adam to come because Van knew that Adam was coming. Van knew that material sons and daughters do come to worlds and they inhabit them because he was of that community. He was of that superior race of the planetary prince's staff that had actually come from Jerusalem. So he had foreknowledge that Adam and Eve would come. So he prepared. He had gone out and actually hired 
workers from the various tribes to come and be a part of this big project, building the Garden of Eden for the promised son. And all of this took place in northwest Syria, just off the coast of Latakia. A small peninsula jetting west served as the first Garden of Eden. This, of course, is now under seas because of the rising lands to the east. And this all occurred around 40,000 years ago. Both Adam and Eve lived for about 114 years in the garden. They had 64 children over this time. But Eve was in a position that, oddly enough, still survives in the pages of Genesis. Even after almost 40,000 years, there is still the story of Eve eating the apple. So what was that story about? Well, it's, there's more to meet the eye. Man at that point was a little more than an intelligent savage, except for about 300 settlements around the Caspian Sea. This comes from the Arantia Papers. The land of Nod, where they retained ancient truths from the days of Caligastia and the Lucifer Rebellion, some 250,000 years previous, is another story for another time, but it's well documented in the Arantia Papers. And it coincidentally occurred at the time of the appearance of the modern man, which is to say, the six colored races. Needless to say, there were pockets of semi-civilized tribes here and there between the Caspian and eastern Turkish region. And Eve, in her effort to move things along and to upstep humanity, she got tricked into going into a plan by a tribesman leader who had convinced her, essentially, that if they had a child that was both human and part of the Adamic clan, that this would bring peace. Well, the story kind of goes downhill from there. From paper 75, section 1, paragraph 3, Adam and Eve found themselves on a sphere wholly unprepared for the proclamation of the brotherhood of man, a world groping about in abject spiritual darkness, and cursed with confusion, worse confounded by the miscarriage of the mission of the preceding administration. Mind and morals were at a low level, and instead of beginning the task of effecting religious unity, they must begin all anew the work of converting the inhabitants to the most simple forms of religious belief. Instead of finding one language ready for adoption, they were confronted by the worldwide confusion of hundreds upon hundreds of local dialects. No atom of the planetary service was ever set down on a more difficult world. The obstacles seemed insuperable and the problems beyond the creature, the creature solution. And the story goes on in, into more detail about how Eve mated with a superior tribesman with the hopes of accelerating the plan of racial improvement and this was a shortcut, as material sons and daughters are not supposed to mate directly with evolutionary will creatures. So let me continue on with the Urantia book narrative from 75.4.3. Eve had consented to participate in the practice of good and evil. Good is carrying out of the divine plan. Sin is a deliberate transgression of the, of the divine will. Evil is the misadaptation of plans and the maladjustment of techniques resulting in universe disharmony 
in planetary confusion. So they're explaining to us what the symbol, the metaphor of eating the apple, eating that apple is the consent to participate in the practice, practice of good and evil. Paper 7546, even though this project of modifying the divine plan had been conceived and executed with entire sincerity and with only the highest motives concerning the welfare of the world, it constituted evil because it represented the wrong way to achieve righteous ends, because it departed from the right way, the divine plan. That's a great lesson. I hope they're teaching that in church. The great lesson is when you compromise what you know is God's will with shortcuts and quick, quick rich schemes, right? This was a quick rich scheme for Eve. They'd been on the earth for 117 years. They were surrounded by savages. They couldn't leave their garden. Nobody spoke any languages. They were, these were basically savages. They had no religion. They had nothing. And Adam and Eve, their job is to civilize the world. So she got impatient and she consented to participate in the practice of good and evil. She ate the apple. From paper 75, 4, 7. True, Eve had found Cano pleasant to the eyes and she realized all that her seducer promised by way of new and increased knowledge of human affairs and quickened understanding of human nature as supplemental to the comprehension of the Adamic nature. That's how she convinced herself that what she was doing was okay. And then from paper 75, 4, 8, we read, and this is the writer of this paper speaking in first person. I talked to the father and mother of the violet race that night in the garden as became my duty under the sorrowful circumstances. I listened fully to the recital of all that had led up to the default of Mother Eve and gave both of them advice and counsel concerning the immediate situation. Some of this advice they followed, some they disregarded. This conference appears in your records as, quote, the Lord God calling to Adam and Eve in the garden and asking, where are you? It was the practice of later generations to attribute everything unusual and extraordinary, whether natural or spiritual, directly to the personal interventions of the gods, end quote. So this is Salonia, the voice of the garden. Now let me switch over because I find it interesting. I'm going to read to you the scriptural account of what I've just told you. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some of it and ate it. She also gave, gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. This is from, uh, I think, Genesis 4, uh, paragraph 8. Then the man and woman heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And Adam answered, I hear you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. 
And he said, Who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So she's referring to Caligastia deceiving her into compromising the plan, the divine plan, by mating with Cano. In this final chapter from Genesis, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us. Knowing good and evil, he must not be allowed to reach out of his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. The tree of life is the, uh, is the way the material sons and daughters can man- maintain immortality, according to the Urantia book. It's interesting because in the Bible, the interpretation is that it was the eating of the, tree, of the fruit that was the sin, but it was actually, the Urantia version, the fruit is actually sustaining of immortality. The real sin was the compromise that she made with the, the tribe's leader in producing a son. So she stepped outside of her marriage, essentially. That's the story. It's more expanded, more context, and it's shed some light as to the number of things, really. First, it explains why these two personalities exist in our folklore, but more relevant is what the mission was of these personalities had they succeeded. Think about that. What if Adam and Eve had succeeded? What if they had not defaulted? They would still be here today. But while they did default, the couple did continue to biologically uplift the world. Adam is said to have impregnated 1,600 or so women through the region of the Second Garden, which, by the way, is now in present-day Iraq. And the direct progeny of Adam and Eve grew, according to the Urantia Papers, to about 5 million by 19 B.C. So it took about what, less than 20,000 years for them to grow their their family, their progeny, to to 5 million. In addition to the Adamites, there were the women that were impregnated by Adam and Eve from the various tribes who would go on to live their lives and have the seed of Adam and Eve in them. And so many of the legends of gods coming down from heaven uh, are referenced. And this is what this is referring to. Much of the early architectural finds that we see in Turkey and Egypt, and maybe not so much Egypt, that's much later when the Nodites and the Andites merged, but they're the works of the offspring of this highly intelligent race, the Adamites. It is said that the Adamic contribution did heighten humanity's spiritual acumen, which was their purpose, and even our sense of eroticism, Uh, also an appreciation of the fine arts and most definitely the greatest contribution from Adam and Eve was to the age of invention that continually followed after they were here. And we, for hundreds of thousands of years, humans didn't progress at all. 
And then after Adam and Eve came, and the beginnings of civilization started to form. And this explains why it's one of the oldest stories in the Bible, because that's when mankind started to make note of things. That's when some in the, in the, in the family of man started to become smarter, become more aware due to the Adamic influence. And now, so, you know, with regard to COVID, think about this for a moment. With regard to COVID, had we had zero uplifting from the Adamic race, this virus may very well have knocked us out. Much more devastating, to be sure. Consider these passages from paper 76. The body cells of the material suns and their progeny are far more resistant to disease than are those of the evolutionary beings indigenous to the planet. The body cells of the native races are akin to the living disease-producing microscopic and ultra-microscopic organisms of the realm. These facts explain why the Arantia people must do so much by way of scientific effort to withstand so many physical disorders. You would be far more disease-resistant if your races carried more of the Adamic life. After becoming established in the second garden on the Euphrates, Adam elected to leave behind as much of his life plasm as possible to benefit the world after his death. Accordingly, Eve was made the head of the commission of 12 on race improvement, and before Adam died, this commission had selected 1,682 of the highest types of women on our world, and these women were impregnated with the Adamic life plasm. Their children all grew up to maturity except 112. Talk about specificity. So that the world in this way was benefited by the addition of 1,570 superior men and women. I'll close with this. I know many people who started reading the Arantia book started in the same way that I did from the Adam and Eve papers because it's so entrenched in our culture that paper just jumps out as being the most interesting. They are of legendary status. In a sense, they are genetically connected to us through time. But not in a sense, literally. And they also become our mentors in the next life, according to the Urantia Revelators. Not to mention our own Adam and Eve may one day return. As it stated, we went over this last week with the Melchizedek Papers. They may return. They may be allowed to serve this world again as ambassadors of the Most High. The Rancho book states Adam and Eve, even now, are sitting on the board of the four and twenty elders, which are mentioned in Revelations, the four and twenty elders, and they serve as advisors to the Most Highs, all very much like a Greek tragedy or cosmic Shakespearean play something out of J.R.R. Tolkien or maybe even out of the library of George Lucas. Interesting. It's a great story. Thank you for listening to the podcast on this. We talk about Adam and Eve. Until next time, don't forget you can always contact me at Radio at gmail.com and you can go on our website, which is net. It's a way to contact me. It also serves as a great resource for all things Urantia. And plus, of course, science news and things that are going on in, in, our, in our science 
and in our space, search for new things in space. It's a sort of a combination of all the things that a Urantia book reader might find fascinating. Until next time, thank you again for joining me on the Urantia Radio Podcast.